So anyways, 10.35, we're going to go ahead and begin. Uh, my sermon this morning on this March 22nd, 2020 is entitled, A Look at COVID-19. A Look at COVID-19. That's what I'm, I'm going to um, speak about. We have people sitting this way, people sitting this way. These people are over towards the dining room and living room. These people are in the kitchen. So that's why I'm going back and forth. Um, let's pray. Lord, we rejoice in you and thank you for this time that we have. Um, to talk about this important matter that seems to have consumed the minds of everyone on the planet. And Lord, we just ask and pray that you would give us wisdom in the midst of it all. Um, I pray you help me to set forth those few things that I have to share about this matter this morning, that you use it for good in the hearts and minds of all those who listen, that it gives them a better understanding. We thank and praise you, O oh God, for your goodness to us. And we just ask that you be glorified here now in this sermon. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've spent a lot, I've spent the last two weeks reading reams of paper, not literal paper, but actual, um, you know, digital screening. I've read tons and I've watched numerous hours of video all about COVID-19, which is a coronavirus. Part of my studying was the numbers, and that's what I want to begin with, the numbers. The number of cases, number of hospitalizations, number of deaths, that's what I want to talk about here. After looking at the numbers, I wrote a week ago today and posted on Facebook this. I said, quote, the coronavirus is a non-event the governments are using to lock down the world. The question is why? The coronavirus is a non-event the governments are using to lock down the world. The question is why? Oh, if you have any problem with your kids, take them in the back room because the mic will pick up and then people can't hear what's going on. Thanks so much for showing up. More people have arrived. Um, when I posted that statement, it caused no small stir. There were over 300 reactions, mostly agreeing with me. I think we're there were a lot of people who were just glad someone said it. There were also well over 200 comments and well over 200 shares. Just from that little post, the coronavirus is a non-event the governments are using to lock down the world. The question is, why? I said it because the numbers for, the reason I posted it and said it is because the numbers for COVID-19 paled in comparison to the flu and many other illnesses and medical conditions. For example, the CDC estimates that this year for the flu season, 2019 to 2020, there were our 28, uh, pardon me, 38 to 54 million people infected with the flu, which resulted in 17 to 25 million medical visits and estimate, and they estimate that there will be our 390 to 754,000 754, hospitalizations. They also estimate up to 59,000 deaths. Anywhere from 23,000 be the end result to 59,000, 2019, 2020, the season we're in right now. In the 2018 to 2019 flu season, there were about 35,000 deaths. And in the 2017 to 2018 flu season, there were over 60,000 deaths 
according to the CDC. COVID-19, on the other hand, in the United States as of yesterday, so that was the flu, you know, um, stats in the United States. COVID-19, on the other hand, in the United States as of yesterday has 27,000 cases compared to 38 to 54 million of flu cases. And there has been 370 deaths, 370 in the whole country, compared to up to 59,000 deaths because of the flu. Even far less than the early average number of deaths due to the flu of about 35,000. About 35,000 die each year on average to the flu. Here we have 370 deaths versus 35,000. China, where the virus first broke out, had over 81,000 cases. Still, that's a small number. They were in Wuhan, a city of 56 million people. And in a city of 56 million people, there were only 81,000 cases, which resulted in 3,255 deaths. There have been no new cases reported for days now in China. Nearly all the other who had it are all well. There's only been 13,000 deaths in the whole world. Hence my statement, the coronavirus is a non-event the governments are using to lock down the world. The question is, why? Why? Because when you look at the numbers, it's a non-event for sickness and deaths, hospitalizations, the whole thing. So the question is, why? Shrill hysteria by the media, all you have to do is watch five minutes of the media and you see exactly how they're manipulating people. And people have responded hysterically (laughs) to the hysteria that the media has been promoting. If you don't follow their narrative, the press censors you. You And I mean that literally. They literally censor you. Even like on Facebook, they put a gray shade over and say, this is false news. We declare it so by an independent checker. I put up something from Ron Paul. He was talking about how this whole response, this whole thing is a hoax. The whole response to it and everything is a hoax. Gray sheeted. So who's the independent checker? Who gets to decide? Oh, it's the overlords. And we'll get to that when we talk about event 201 here in a few moments. So the press censors you. You won't make the nightly news if you all these people are all crazy, (laughs) you know. No, but if you're hysterical, you'll make the nightly news. If you don't fit their narrative, you, um, yeah, you're censored. And if you don't talk the party line, your fellow Americans will attack you. (laughs) Four ministers have already publicly demanded that I repent because I have no love simply because I question the narrative. I doubt the narrative. I I find it irrational and insane, the narrative. And yet they're so high-strung and hyper, four ministers and other people have demanded I publicly repent for sinning because I have a lack of love. I don't care about anyone who gets the virus. I just want them all to die. A complete absurdity. That's the hysterical level we're at at this point. And this should concern us. People should be more concerned, by the way, by the actions of their government than they are about the virus. They should be more concerned about the actions of our government than they are about the virus. 
Governments love to use fear. They love to use crises. They love to use pretense and pretext for their advantage to accrue more power to themselves and further subjugate the people. This is the proven history of governments. William Pitt, who was in Parliament over in Britain, said in 1783, quote, Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves, unquote. When everyone is in fear, everyone complies. The obedience is blithe and limitless. When governments separate the people out under the supposed threat of some calamitous virus, government then has an advantage over the people. The people cannot gather or rally against the actions of the government because they've all been separated out. And most of them are horrified and fearful. The government can then pick people off one by one. They can just disappear under the guise of he was not following orders and was a threat to the public safety and health. Many are so hysterical, they would gladly call for such a man's death who would not follow the orders. Stand six feet apart. Jump up and down and rub your belly and tap your head at the same time. Whatever they want you to do, you better do. And if you don't do it, stay in your home. Yeah, we think you should be shot and killed. That's how hysterical people are. So the numbers are bizarre. California has a lockdown order to stay in their homes for the entire state because there are 900 cases. When the order came down, there were 900 cases in all of California and 19 deaths. In a state of over 40 million. Completely irrational. The whole state of New York shut down because there were 10,000 cases and 56 deaths in a state of over 20 million. That's all there was. That's insane. So why? Why the lockdown? Though I've heard many theories like... 5G is being put in everywhere, and it's causing the problems that went on in Wuhan. And there's some legitimacy, people think, to that because Wuhan was one of the first places where 5G was put in. I've looked into all that. I have a lot of doubts about that. Um, another thing that people talk about is that the collapse of the financial world system is at hand, and this virus is a means to distract people and cover up or blame the collapse on the virus um, rather than the fact that their fiat money has finally come to an end. has a lot of plausibility to it in my mind, um, but I can't prove it. I can't prove anything, by the way. <laughs> and, I, and I know our governments aren't being honest with us, or are they? <coughs> we'll know and I, as I continue here, I'll show you more. Some think it's a Chinese bioweapon or it's an American bioweapon, depending on who you read. Some even think the Jesuits are behind it. <laughs> so, I mean, there's like 8,000 theories out there about what's really going on because anyone who looks at the numbers is left thinking, um, yeah, that is really messed up because why are you behaving this way? Because I look at the numbers here, I look at the numbers there. Makes no sense. So here's the three that I see. 
And again, I can't prove any of this, but here's what I, I see it as. Number one, it could be a dry run for some future bigger event. They're seeing how we react, how we respond, how much they can get away with, <laughs> you know? And so this is a dry run for some bigger future event that they will impose, whether by pretense or pretext or whether by tragedy or genuine crisis. They will use what they learn here for that future event. Um, secondly, it could be the real deal. It could be not a dry run. It could be that the financial world is collapsing or that nations are pitted against each other. And there's people who believe that, that you have Russia and China and others on one side and you have America and the EU and others on the other side. And that this is a battle between nations for world financial domination. And that has plausibility to it because you can go back five, six years and see where China and Russia started their own banks, um, the oil, who's, is it going to be on the dollar or, or their thing? And on and on. This is, there's a years this has been talked about. And that some people think that's what this is about here. Or it could be a push for just an entire new world order with a complete new form of cash and everything else that could be dispensed. So it could be a dry run. It could be the real deal. Or number three, because I have three things that I put it all under that it could be either dry run, real deal, or three, 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 is delusion. It could be a delusion. It could actually be this virus is being used of the Lord to delude the nations of the earth. Somehow they have lost their minds over this virus and the nations are destroying themselves. I'm not a businessman. I'm not a financial guy. Everybody who knows me knows that. But they're all talking about, the guys who are that way, are all talking about the utter destruction to America's economy for responding like the governments have and how the people have fallen in lockstep. Hence the lockdown, complete irrational hysteria. You are bad if you even question. And I encourage you to listen to my sermon at sermonaudio.com entitled Man's Most Shocking Trait, His Willingness to Conform. Man's Most Shocking Trait, His Willingness to Conform. Um, you see it in living color in our current situation here today. People actually see things with their own eyes, but it doesn't fit the narrative being pushed through the news media, and they believe the news media more than they believe their own eyes. It's crazy. We do know two things regarding delusion. One, the Lord sends delusion to those in rebellion to him. He does. And two, our nation is in rebellion to him and is deserving of his righteous judgment. And one of the things he does when he brings his judgment is he brings delusion. And so they could actually not be being fake when they talk about this whole virus thing. They could actually be really believing it, you know, when they get up there and do their daily briefing and all these governors and other dopes are doing their stuff, they could actually believe it because they've been deluded to think that this little weak, numerically weak um, virus is somehow the end of the world. And we must go put into place actions by governments unprecedented, removing people's 
liberties over this dopey little virus. Crazy. So Isaiah 66, if you want to turn there to the prophet, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 3, the scripture reads, Just as they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations, so will I choose their delusions and bring their fears on them. Because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not hear, but they did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I do not delight. So here's God saying, I will choose their delusions and bring their fears on them. God uses unfounded fears. God uses delusions as part of his judgments upon a rebellious people who want to live in their abominations. Uh, we see this in the New Testament also, don't we? Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians 2. The book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. The scripture reads, And for this reason God will send them strong delusion. For what reason? That they're living in rebellion to him. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God will delude people. He will delude nations who are in rebellion to him. It's part of his righteous judgment on the land. So number one, we know the Lord sends delusion to those in rebellion to him. And number two, we know our nation is in rebellion against the Lord. You know, look at how perverse we are with the murder of, the preborn, shedding innocent blood. When we look at um, sexual perversion, when we look at homosexuality, transgenderism, divorce, pornography, it's just people are drunk in sexual immorality and perversion and evil, murdering their own sons and daughters for their own convenience via abortion. It's disturbing and despicable to watch. And so our nation is completely deserving. So this could be a delusion that God has sent upon the nations of the earth, including our nation, the United States. When it comes to delusion, you see everyone playing their part. Listen to me now. This is important stuff, what I'm about to read to you that I wrote. Um, When it comes to delusion, you see everyone playing their part. Number one is the media. The media is ginning this thing up. That's an old 40s term. They're ginning this thing up. They are creating a hysteria, and they love it. It gives them great ratings, makes them lots of money, legitimizes their existence in the minds of men. Journalism has always thought of themselves as the great watchdog of society, the champion of the people. And if you read history and observe, however, you realize soon, no, they're not. Their history is overwhelmingly the history of being a lapdog for the state, not a watchdog, and a corrupter of the people, not their champion. So first you have the media playing their role to aid and abet this delusion. Secondly, there's the people themselves. Most people just parrot what they see in the news. They see it relentlessly ad nauseum. Like I said, I took five minutes because I'm like, 
why are people acting like they're crazy? You watch five minutes of the news and you realize this is why they're acting like they're crazy because they believe this stuff. The hyped up nature of this whole virus. So most people parrot what they see in the news because they want to be liked. They like going with the flow. They like being part of the herd. So they want to say what everybody else is saying. You know, remember the emperor's new clothes? It took a little boy to say, um, you're in your underwear. Everybody else, oh, yeah, those are beautiful clothes. Yeah, they all, this is exactly how it is right now. The second kid's story would be Henny Penny. The sky is falling. It's like a madness. So they affirm what they see on the news media, even though it is completely different than what they see with their own eyes. Most in America do no reading or investigating. That is a fact. If you doubt me, write a book and you'll understand how little people actually read. Most do no reading or investigating. Just listen to the news hysteria. Why? Because they're lazy. They don't want to do any of their own investigating. So they watch the news. Now, that's got to be reality, even though my eyes aren't realizing that when I look around me. Now they got everybody holed up in their home, and there's people actually doing it. I'm in my house. I'm staying in my house. Crazy. Number three is the lawyers. I had to get the lawyers in there. And I won't say my joke because this is live and I'll be, you'll ruin me. <laughs> Something like that. So it's not crazy. The lawyers write all this legal stuff. You see it everywhere, right? Posted on walls at businesses, hearing government officials read it. When you read or listen to what they're saying or posting all this stuff, you know lawyers wrote it. So the lawyers are playing their role in the delusion. The lawyers play their part scaring everyone with possible litigation. You better just close down. Um, you better have them stay six feet apart. Um, you better only have the drive-through. Um, you better just run home, put your head under a blanket, and not look up for the next month and a half. So the lawyers are all playing their role in this, scaring everyone with their dopey legalese because of the world of litigation that we live in. And everyone screams and acts irrational, like wiping down carts. I went to Sendix the other day. Um, I'll I can tell you a hundred stories because I just keep going on with my day as much as I'm able to. And... I went to Sendix and I grabbed a buggy and this guy was all panic struck. Oh, wait, I didn't wipe that down. And I looked at him like, wow. And he's like, he's like, I didn't wipe that down. Don't you want me to wipe that down? And I looked at him and I said, no, I think I'll be all right. And I walked on as he stood there with his mask and his little blue gloves. And he had this rag. And as I'm walking away, Got quite a ways away. I turned around, stood there for a second and looked. He's wiping down all these buggies with the same rag. And I'm thinking to myself, you're spreading the germs at this point. It's like irrational. It doesn't even make sense. But they got a letter from Lawrence about to wipe down all them buggies. You're getting some litigation problems. Don't wipe down them buggies. You don't contribute to the hysteria that's been created. The fourth group I'd like to talk about who aids and abets the delusion is businessmen. 
Okay. I understand all these people are in their own mindset. They live, they've already been in rebellion to God. So they're just, they just are adding to the delusion out of the fact of how they think and live themselves in their minds and lives. Businessmen play along begging for your business, telling you all what they have done to minimize your chance of getting the virus if you do business with them. I've listened to numerous business type things, you know, talk shows and stuff like that, or even like radio ads and stuff. And they're all talking about that. We know this is awful. This virus. Here's what we've done to minimize the chance of you getting it. Please do business with us. It's insane. And of course, if they actually, when this thing is all over with the virus, here's what they'll tell everybody. Our actions worked. We stopped the virus. That's what all the dopes who believe it and all the governments will say. If it wouldn't have been for all those actions we did, we wouldn't have stopped the virus. Right? Number five is the government itself. Think of the prissies that get elected to office. They are people who run with the ignorant herd, the majority of the culture, and they all want to be liked and reelected. So they go along with the charade, no critical thinking, no leadership demonstrated, nothing but blithe, limitless obedience to whoever is above them. It's insane. Then there's the groups. There's many groups. I just want to mention three. This is number six, the groups. They can't think outside their little box, and they just use all the hysteria in the press to affirm their worldview. Again, no critical thinking. I listened to conservative talk this past week, and they were all about this is an attack on Trump, so he's not elected in the fall, and that's all they care about. So myopic in their thinking, unprecedented actions ever by government, and they're still reading from their script. We got to get Trump elected. This is all an attack on Trump. Then I listened to NPR and liberal talk. And they were, again, talking what they always talk about. The government needs to do this, and it isn't, and it isn't, and isn't it great they are doing that? They're loving all this stuff Trump's doing. They called him a Hitler for years. Now, when he's actually acting like a fascist, they're applauding him in many ways, or outright. Even AOC is applauding him. They have their experts on, the liberal talk does, talking about all the status solutions and promoting all the failed policies of socialism, fascism, and communism. Trump's doing good. Look at all the statism. Trump is doing bad. We need more statism. They're like little children who need their butts wiped and their noses blown by the state from the cradle to the grave. They continue with their same thinking, their same script, their same screed. The conservatives do, the liberals do. And the third group are the Christians who've been waiting several decades now for the rapture. That group of Christians, which is large, who's been sitting around waiting for the rapture for decades now. They were talking about coronavirus also, readjusting their prophecy charts, reading new thoughts into scripture that aren't even there, all to affirm their worldview. So they all contribute to the delusion that, you know, they just stick with their little myopic worldview and they add this in. And so it affirms everything. <laughs> you know, so it's like crazy. And finally, the last group I'd like to mention 
who aids and abets the delusion regarding how so many play their role to affirm the hysteria of COVID-19 are the pastors themselves. I had four pastors and others demand that I publicly repent and accuse me of having no love because I question the narrative being fed everyone. The pastors are all talking about how we simply need to love people during this time. And I've always, I always say, if you divorce love from the Bible, you can use the virtue of love, quote unquote, to justify any immorality or sin on the planet. Any indifference, any bad behavior, anything can be justified under the ethic of love, divorced from scripture. It has to be biblical love defined by the word of God. That's true love. But most pastors just love, love. And if you question the narrative, you have no love. You want people to die. That's what they believe. The pastors are all talking about how we simply need to love people during this time who are hurting, who are needy, who have the virus. But you have to ask, where are these people? And what are you actually doing if you know one person or two? They have regulated Christianity once again to this little sideshow in the culture while sounding so spiritual. And it's so easy to talk about loving people you currently do not see or may not see ever at all. Meanwhile, the preborn continue to be slaughtered, and yet they aren't there showing love to them. And of course, the pastors are all complying with the government. Romans 13, you know. They exhibit no leadership, just blithe, limitless obedience. This is one time I wish we had our own building <laughs> for mercy seat. So all have joined in the insanity. If we had our own building, we would meet and let them film whatever they film whatever they want to try to do. We would not stay home. So all have joined in the insanity, all contribute to it, all affirm it, all convince each other it's true. We must behave this way. Social distancing, stay home, let your liberties be stripped by government as long as we're safe. So what have we learned from this? Besides human nature, as just described above, we should be learning how easily the government can tyrannize us. The effort by government has been to isolate us from each other. That makes it easier for the state to control us. Already today, I've, been, I've seen and heard in the media the flanks of experts proffering their status solutions to address the matter. Any thinking person who understands the nature of man and reads history would be concerned about their solutions. We have learned the government can starve us out. If you haven't figured that out yet, you're as dumb as a box of rocks. We've learned the government can starve us out. We've learned the government could even disarm us. We have learned the government can make us utterly dependent upon them and control every inch of our lives. That's what we've learned here. And believe me, they're learning it too. The virus is a perfect pretense and pretext for tyranny. Governments love to employ pretense and pretext to gain more power, exploit crises or tragedies to gain more power, and fuel fear to gain more power. This is the history of governments. When it comes to fear, God even talks about fear as part of his judgment upon nations that are rebellion to him. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. We're almost finished here. Deuteronomy chapter 28. 
verses 64 through 67. So in the first 15 verses of chapter 28, God talks about the blessings he'll bring to nations that obey him. And the final 53 verses of the chapter talk about all the curses he'll bring on nations who disobey him. So 15 if you obey, 53 if you disobey. Think maybe God knows a little bit about the nature of man. I think so. He's wicked in need of a savior. Here's what it says in verse 64. Then the Lord will scatter you. This is part of his judgment. The Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone. And among those nations, you shall find no rest. You shall find no rest. Nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place, but there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Think everybody's feeling that right now? Some doubt? You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, oh, that it were evening. And at evening you shall say, oh, that it were morning because of the fear which terrifies your heart and because of the sight which your eyes see. So God uses fear as part of his judgments. And we are to fear God, not man. Turn with me to Psalm 56, verse 4. Psalm 56, verse 4. Psalm 56, verse 4 says, In God I will praise his word. In God I will put my trust. I will not fear what I will not fear what can flesh do to me. And look what the Lord himself says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We are to fear God, not man. Once you start fearing man, you become useless to God and to your fellow man. In Luke chapter 21, you can mark that down, Luke 21, verse 26, it talks about men's hearts failing them for fear. And look what the Apostle Paul told us about fear in 2 Timothy 1, 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen? We are not to fear. We are not to fear man. The only one we are to fear is God himself. <laughs> Look what it says in Revelation 14, verse 7. The book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 7. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him. That's who we're to fear. We're to fear God. In other words, we're to live according to his word. 
we're to understand his ways and thoughts and live in obedience to him. Now, there's a couple things I want to say here before we turn off. When I put up that thing about by Ron Paul talking about this virus um, response being a hoax, because there is a virus, okay, of some kind. Um, but the response to it is what is the hoax, is what is fake. That's what people like me are referring to when we say it's a hoax, when we say it's fake. So there's a video you need to watch. It's 18 minutes long. I highly recommend it. It's astonishing. It's about event 201, which took place last October in New York City. It was put on by Bill Gates, Bloomberg, the UN. This is like the elitists of the world and the rich men, richest men of the world coming together. These men and that organization love abortion. They love birth control. They love population reduction and they love disarming the people of their weapons. That is the type of people they are. And at event 201, when you watch this 18 minute video, you see how these arrogant elitists believe they are our overlords and how they will manipulate us, how they will be in charge, how they will control us due to a virus outbreak named coronavirus starting in a city called Wuhan. This was in October. This is, sounds like a great conspiracy theory, right? Fantastic. No, this is just reality. And by the way, men do conspire, just so you know that. They do. Governments conspire. Um, and yeah, there's a million whacked out conspiracy theorists. <laughs> but conspiracy is something men do do together. Here's the title of that 18-minute video. It's Did Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum Predict Coronavirus Outbreak? Did Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum predict coronavirus outbreak? It's at YouTube. And it's by a guy named Spiro, S-P-I-R-O, Spiro Skouras, S-K-O-U-R-A-S. You must watch that. And if you're like me, once I watched the 18-minute video thing, I decided, you know, I have to watch Event 201 because he said it was available online, and it is at least what they wanted us to see of the event is online. And when you watch what's online, it's even more chilling than the 18 minute thing the guy put together. And I encourage you to watch first and foremost, segment number four, uh, which is dealing with communications and how they believe that they should be the ones to censor people. You know, Facebook has already removed all of the anti-vaccination pages. If you put in any anti-vaccine search in the search bar at, at Facebook, they take you to every big pharma, every big government pro-vaccination site. You can't find them anymore. And in other words, they've censored half the debate. That should concern you. That they're putting up these gray sheets should concern you. That the media is only saying one story. And if you say something different, like these people are all nuts, you know, you are censored. The only ones who get play are the ones going along with the narrative. That should concern you. That should bother you. 
That should alarm you. So you can go to Event 201. Just put in Event 201 at YouTube, and it'll bring up four-plus hours of the event where they are making news stories all about what's happening while they have their discussions. These elitists, these overlords have their discussions about what to do with us peons. And um, if you forget everything I said this morning, don't forget these two videos. Make sure you watch them. Remember the numbers. Do a little of your own research. I have this written down. So for the last 30 years, I've heard people talk about people will one day be rounded up and be put into internment camps. I've heard that for 30 years. And then I'm watching this, and I'm like, they're making the whole nation, it seems to me, into an internment camp. That's what it seems like to me. And wouldn't that make more sense? Why build internment camps? I mean, you just make all these dopes stay in their own house and take advantage of them. A government big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take away from you everything you have. President Gerald Ford said that in the 1970s, early 1970s. A government big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take away from you everything you have. We've long been there. Again, I encourage you also to listen to my sermon, Man's Most Shocking Trait, His Willingness to Conform, is at sermonaudio.com. Every church should be talking about communications. How will you stay in communication if they shut down the cell phones, if they shut down all social networking, if they shut down the internet? How will you stay in communication? Every church should be talking about that. Be talking about preparations generally. Everyone should have at least two weeks of food, two weeks of water, if not a month to begin with, in their home. Keep your um, gas topped off in your car. Uh, make sure that you are able to defend your family. All these types of things are massively important. We'd like to do a thing just on preparations. Talk to people. If, you, if you're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. I saw a guy go up to the Piggly Wiggly counter a few days ago. Young guy. I could tell he just got off work. It was Friday. And he had a frozen pizza, a bag of corn chips, um, a power drink, and a can of juice. And he just had gotten his check, cashed it, and he was getting, getting stuff to eat. There's a guy who lives from moment to moment. And that's how mo many Americans are. Most Americans don't have food, you know, to last them. They go week to week to get it. So that's not wise because as soon as you run out of your stuff, Guess who you're going to go begging and crawling to? The people who want you coming and begging and crawling to them. The elitists in the government. Got any Scottish blood in you? Freedom matter? Liberty mean anything? Helping others mean anything? Coalescing as a community, as a society mean anything? Having to actually, the people actually, not just applauding those who went before us, who sacrificed so we could have some of the freedoms that we have? Yeah, maybe we will have to sacrifice, right? I have tons of stuff at our Facebook, at my Facebook wall there. And those two videos I talked about are also there. Just scroll down, goes a long, long ways. I've posted a lot of great stuff.
from all my studies. And I posted some funny stuff too. Give you a little levity in the midst of it all. Um, so we thought, you know, it'd be nice to have questions here or comments, but we are so awful at doing this, as you probably have picked up on, because um, it's the first time we've done it, that we'll probably give that a whirl next week. And um, so that's the end of the sermon. Let's pray. Lord, we rejoice in you and thank you for this time to talk about this important matter that has gripped the world, COVID-19. And Lord, we just ask and pray that you use what was said here for good in the lives of those who listen. And Lord, that um, your word that went forth would be used for good um, in the hearts and minds of those. May we all spend time with ourselves and also with our families in your word and in prayer and talking about the things of you, O Lord, so important for us to do um, as Christian people. Strengthen homes during this time, O God. Don't let them become weakened because of what's happened. May it strengthen family government. May it strengthen family life because of what's going on. May some parents even get freed from uh, their idea that they should send their kids off to the government school and realize, hey, I have a duty to homeschool. And this is awesome to homeschool. Lord, we see all the news ads and pardon all the news articles and news stories about, and you have heard the people on talk shows, what can we do? Our kids are at home. Oh, how long will this go on? And all that nonsense, oh God. Lord, may they see the goodness of family. May they understand the goodness of their children. May it give them a revelation of your thinking regarding family. God, I just ask and pray that you would watch over us and keep us safe and give us wisdom. And we ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So God bless you. We'll see you signing off from this home. I know some of you are at other homes. Hope it all goes good. All righty. Bye.